following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! This is Media Mash, a roundtable of Cowboys insiders dropping wisdom and offering sizzling takes on the current state of your Dallas Cowboys. Now your host, Steve Dennis. Oh my gosh, happy holidays, everybody. Welcome to Media Mash on a Thursday. It's exciting. Five games left in the season. Two-game lead on the Washington football team, and they play them twice in 14 days. A lot to get into today. My name is Steve Dennis. We've got John Mashota sitting right here from The Athletic across from me. Across from me at about 2 o'clock. No, wait. That, would that be 2 o'clock? No, that would be... That would be 2 o'clock. Ish. Yeah, ish. Yeah. Rob Phillips, DallasCowboys.com, and all platforms, Dallas Cowboys. And there's Jory Epstein, who just said that maybe her head got smaller because her earphones weren't fitting. You just wrote a book. How could your head get smaller? <laughs> you never know, but maybe we should take a vote. <laughs> take a, I, don't, I don't know. All I'm saying is they fit the last couple times. <laughs> and, and your head shrunk. That's that's a little worrisome. Honey, I shrunk my head. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, be careful with old references. I made one to to tell the truth yesterday. Crickets. Even with chill. You guys remember the old show, To Tell the Truth, don't you? No. With the real Dallas Cowboys, please stand up. You guys never saw it. John, Absolutely not. We're I the no same age. what you're talking about. Yeah, I have no idea. And I'm nowhere near their age. But I'm I'm impressed with the Honey, I Shrunk the Kids reference. I mean, that's 25 years old. I was surprised it came out, too. <laughs> Isn't that 25 years old, at least? It was like one of the early things we watched. It was like 1990. <laughs> it was yeah. the second thing you watched <laughs> in your life. Um, all right, we're going to get going, and we're going to start it with this from the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys today. We know what people think of us. We love that. Uh, we're comfortable who we are, where we are. Uh, but I'm excited about what's in front of us because, you know, we, we, you know we're, we're going to win this game. Um, I'm confident in that and just, the, you know, the prep that's going into it. Uh, but, you know, more importantly, we're going to, you know, we want to improve, too, along the way. So I think that's all part about what the challenge of December football gives you. Oh, I just love that. Here he was in quarantine all by himself, had to watch his football team in New Orleans all by himself, locked, stuffed into a hotel. Stuffed. He breaks out of it, thankfully. He's healthy. He's negative, And he's back in the building. And did he just guarantee a win? <laughs> did he, Mashoda? Did he just guarantee a win Sunday? Yeah, he's he was sitting in that room, just jotting down stuff on paper for <laughs> several days. I mean, twenty four minutes on a press conference. He was a lot of jokes back and forth. He was having fun up there. He was enjoying himself. Um, I don't think it was by accident. I just found it interesting because it came at the end of an answer of a question that had nothing to do with about that. So it was like kind of like, I'm just going to get that out there. And it wasn't like it was, and let me just make this clear. You know, it was thrown in in the middle of an answer. So you're just kind of like, I didn't even notice it at first, to be honest with you. Um, so, but I, I don't think it was by accident. Now, I will say throughout the season, uh, Mike McCarthy has said things somewhat similarly like, 
well, we got to go play. I don't know. I, I can't think of the best way to describe it. But when I'm when I am transcribing, I'll be like, man, it certainly sounds like if you take this the a wrong way, you could say he's kind of guaranteeing a victory. Like, well, we expect to go out there and win, you know, things like that. But this one was the most that he's ever been to that point. And frankly, I like it to be honest with you because you're the better team. Like. You should have nothing. There should be no, let's quietly back into Washington yeah. right now. Like, no, yeah. you're getting everybody back. You're ready to roll. Like, say things like that. Do it. Embrace it. Yeah, he has said things kind of along those lines. Like, we are, we expect to win this game. The things like, it, and it's, to a certain extent, I think it's semantics, right? But he did say it, and he clearly wants to show his confidence level in his football team. In the middle of an 8-4 and four start that has not been pretty lately. You know, and maybe I don't know. Maybe he's been sitting in in his room reading about some of the things that the criticisms of this team right now. I I wasn't in the room, guys, for the press conference today. But but I kind of took it like there was a couple questions about the run game and the separation with the wide receivers. Did it kind of maybe strike a nerve with him a little bit? Like maybe he just wanted to kind of clear the air. Like no, we're maybe specifically offensively. Like we're still. That offense, you know, it almost felt like he kind of reacted to some of like the theme of the way the press conference is going a little bit. It's also a little bit funny when I was researching yesterday for a story on Zeke in the run game, and I'm like, oh, they're still number one in offensive yardage, they're still number two in points per game, but the last couple games just don't feel that way. I think that Mike McCarthy, unlike what we saw from Jason Garrett in previous years here, doesn't think that you have to do either or in terms of like, let's focus on the here and now and let's think big picture goals. He believes you can say both. He told us before the 2020 season, I'm always going to say we're trying to win a Super Bowl. Like, that's what he believes. It wasn't the Philadelphia coach Nick Sirianni coming out with a beat Dallas shirt. I mean, he's not wearing a beat Washington shirt, but he believes it. He says it, and he thinks that he's got the game plan and the personnel and the health on his team to get there. To be honest, all through the pandemic, when it was raging before vaccinations, this is one of the biggest reasons why I didn't want to get it. Because I would hate to be quarantined for 10 days by myself. I'm a people person. I need my people, especially at night. Your mind starts to wander. And, uh, you know, I can just imagine him in that hotel room. His mind's wandering a little bit. And somewhere in there, he just decided, I'm going to be the lead story on NFL Live Thursday at 3 o'clock. Now, I don't think he delivered it as well as he could have. Like you said, Mishota, he kind of hit it in there. He kind of went by it pretty quick. I think we're going to win this game. And then we're, you know, he could have separated it a little to make the message even stronger. But everybody picked up on it. Yeah, I don't see. I don't think he meant to be the story today. Do you guys think he did? I think he was sending a message to his football team. Yeah, okay. I agree with yeah. that. I, I think he's charging it up to start. I'm back. I'm back. I'm not putting up with any negative nonsense. I think we're get, we're confident. We've still got some swag. We like where we are, yeah. and we're going to win this game, and then we're going to get on to December football. This is the best way I can put that. They're rolling right now on a five-game win streak. Play, had, had just come off playing their best ball. He doesn't say that today. Yeah. Because there's, there's no need to say it. You're, he, there's a reason why you say that now, and that's because they haven't been playing well recently. Right, and I think we say, like, 
oh, he's trying to be the story. It's not that Mike McCarthy wants to be the center of attention himself, but he does want to take a little pressure off all of the questions about what's going on. Why can't we have a run game that's productive? Why aren't Dak and his receivers on the same page? And if he can be like, nah, we got this, and like that's going to be the story, I think it's strategic, but not about him so much as shifting the accountability around the team. Yeah, it's, uh, and coaches very rarely do this, even in kind of a shrouded way. Um, I actually like it. Uh, you know, obviously back in the day, Parcells was a king of using the media for messages to his team. Uh, but he's definitely doing that here. How much have you guys seen him do that in his tenure here? As he, can you remember specific times when maybe he did that a little bit? Well, he said today, monkey butt. Yeah, but that's not that's not before games. That's fair. Let's let's. Let's step on. Let's just not to go too far off, but you're wearing that hat, so I got to bring this up. There's a difference between saying at Big Ten media days, I'm trying to hang a hundred on Michigan, and then after you beat Michigan, then saying some people are born on third base and think that they like got they did it all on their own. Whatever Harbaugh's quote was, it's way different when you say things after than if you say it before. When you do it before, you're putting it out there. Like, you're, you're saying it with mm-hmm. your chest. That means a lot more than what you say. Everybody can talk trash after the result has happened. Are you bad-mouthing my yeah, university football team right now, or no, are you no, bad-mouthing no, no, Harbaugh? No, 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 I'm bad-mouthing Harbaugh <laughs> because of the fact that he said it right. after, he said and it. everybody circled around and was like, Jim, yeah. when you were a player, you guaranteed victory over Ohio State. So what would you do if your player was to do that? And he didn't want any part of it. He didn't want any part of it. Then, after they finally beat him, after 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 his 347 tries against Ohio State, he finally gets a yeah. win. Then he wants to stick his chest up. That's not the and same thing. And he comes thing. after Ryan Day. Right, saying that's what I'm saying. He, he was born he on third. triple, yeah. Right. So, this guy from the, Michigan just talking trash about the I can't state. stand Harbaugh. Anyway, <laughs> um, so my whole thing is it's different when you're doing that. He's saying that now. I don't care about finding out two days after, oh, well, we smashed watermelons. Oh, we had monkey butt in the, in the locker room. No, that when you do it before the game, yeah. that's saying something. That's putting it out there. I believe that that's trying to send a message. But that isn't like him to do that. And I found it interesting today when he said that he isn't big on, on messages and uh, of the bulletin board material because it's funny to me that he would think that that stuff doesn't matter because the guys live on these things. They're not waiting for the, the morning paper. They live on They're seeing everything right away. I, when we used to have locker room access, we'd go in those locker room after those games. You know how many guys would be, like, before we even get in, 10 minutes after the game's over, just scrolling on the phone, scrolling on the DeMarco phone. DeMarco like, Murray making a stand there for 35, 40 minutes when we're under deadline? You mean <laughs> like that? Whenever, whenever you're ready, DeMarco, you're showered, you smell good, we're all standing here. Uh, anyway. Yeah. Um, Rob, jump in on this. <laughs> I, I I think it was more react. Like I don't think he came into the press conference planning to say that. I just I that's just you my don't. opinion. No, I don't. I think he. I think the direction of the press conference. This is my opinion. I think he wanted to shift it more towards, hey, we're still confident. Because a lot of the questions directed, and rightfully so, have been about their struggles, and mostly offensively. All right, with that in mind, and and by the way, the classic message I've ever heard a coach send through the media about their situation or their player was when Parcells was having a little problem with Terry Glenn, his old buddy from his New England days, uh, who wasn't playing. He was nursing an injury, and he would not get on the field, and he called him she. (laughs) All week, well, she, well, she, he calls Terry Glenn she. He was. All week. He did that all the time. I honestly don't remember that at all. Oh, yeah. That's wild. It was in New England, right? I think he wouldn't be in New England together. Uh, Bill always had a story to sell, like when he came in 
for the press conference. I to John's point, I don't remember Mike ever doing this. You know, okay. where he's you know got something he wants to get off. Well, what I think what he's doing is circling the wagons. And, and you're right. He he doesn't want any negative questions about why is because he's he's out. He missed a game, hated it. He's been alone, and now you guys are all okay. What's going on with uh, this? What's going on with that? Blah blah blah. And the, the other part of his comment. Um, Let's hear it one more time in there, rookie. If you're if you're paying attention, let's hear McCarthy one more time. We know what people think of us. We love that. Uh, we're comfortable who we are, where we are. Uh, but I'm excited about what's in front of us because you know we we you know we're we're going to win this game. Um, I'm confident in that, and just the, you know the prep that's going into it. Uh, but you know more importantly, we're going to. You know, we want to improve, too, along the way. So I think that's all part about what the challenge of December football gives you. Oh, and by the way, let's sneak this in because, of course, all of you went to Dak with this comment from McCarthy and Dak with this very brief answer. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's a follow-up to there. I mean, it was a longer <laughs> response behind that. Yeah, Dak said, he said, I don't think this makes anyone's expectations any higher because everyone in the building was thinking we're going to win, and he was just voicing it, and now it's time to be held accountable. But When I hear the beep, I'm wondering which word he used, except I somebody did print it. So The S one, yeah. Well, yeah. it's, fu- well, it's sure. funny. Could have been okay, I know, I know. No this bleeps. Are you the one that printed it? Uncensored Twitter account. On Twitter, yeah. Okay, yeah. But, but this is why, because <laughs> why? as y'all did know. Didn't everybody do okay, that? Okay, but I know, but this is rare for You me. just let it go with the S word? Oh my God! The athletic embraces that. Really? Oh yeah, we can throw so enough bombs. For a publication just, that can say whatever. When it's Jory, it does not. Me. I, I also like grew up in a household okay. where we do not cuss, and at a school where we don't. <laughs> that said, like you were saying, we discussed this after the interview. If I just put the asterisks, there were some options of what people what he might have said. So I didn't want there to be a lack of clarity. And then my sister, who we had just got her more engaged in Twitter this week, texted me like, "Don't let high school Jory see your Twitter. She would be appalled." I'm like, "Okay, I hold on, hold on." Now you feel guilty. Jory's feeling guilty. (laughs) Okay, I often take it out, but this is a two-word quote, and I would have had to take out one of the You were doing it for the retweets. This is all... Says the guy who does it all for the retweets. Johnny retweets. If you you wouldn't have cut me off, I was about to finish, because I am am all about that. I know that SH star doesn't do the same as SHIT. And there are people that will comment on my stories that will say, I don't know why you have to put all the swear words in there, but I because I love them. Because I believe it shows shows authenticity. Yeah. Uh, darn yeah. Who cares if he said that? That sounds stupid. And by Say the way, it. I love your line that you grew up in a household where you don't curse. That just means you're saving it up for a monster rant someday. There is all go. that well, means. 27 years in it hasn't <laughs> Someday you're going to let it go, Karen. <laughs> <laughs> okay, real, real quick though. By the way, is this is this getting a bunch of play in Washington? Like, is this nationally picking well, up? Yes. Or is it just ESPN's been all over it today. Sure. But I mean, like... Well, have, Werder was live with it players are being as soon as it happened. Yeah, have, okay. as has anybody from Washington really oh, like yeah, picked up on it? The best one was defensive tackle Jonathan Allen saying the only thing that's guaranteed in life is death and taxes. And say, wow, so nice. Well, not- no swear words? I just, I'm asking, he didn't put a lot of thought into that. Soft. I'm asking that because I feel like 15, 20 years ago, like the rivalry is more of a rivalry. And this that would probably carry more weight. To that side of the of the of the matchup, and and maybe nowadays it's not because players change teams and it's just not the same thing. Have they been a rivalry since they become the football team? 
No. But honestly, like that's why people say, why would McCarthy show this video this morning to the players of the Cowboys-Washington rivalry, rivalry with Roger Staubach in his Navy jersey saying that the Cowboys-Washington rivalry, I cannot say that word. you got to um, say it slowly. Just slow down and go, rivalry. Because I used to say everything with our oars. I had to go to a speech there. I was Joey, not Jory, until I was 12. Yeah. Aww. Um. Lot, That's so cute. A lot of Jory childhood memory lane on this episode. Apparently. Hey, Joey. Anyway. Anyway, um, I don't like people are like, well, will that even resonate with the guys now? But I think that's the point of like, let's make this a little bit more. Let's add a little bit of juice to the rivalry. And if the video does that for the players and if bringing in what it was, then it might not be anymore, does it? Let's go for well, it. Well, I lo- I, again, I think he's circling the wagons. And when he started the comment by saying, we know what everybody thinks of us. So he's taking the Dak point of view. Oh, chip on the shoulder. Here we go. We suck. And and, and now we're going to show you. Have we heard that from McCarthy yet? Where he's now the leader in, oh, woe is us. We know what everybody's thinking of us. And, and as I ask you that before he answer, also consider what does everybody think of him? I don't, you know, across the world? There's probably not one thing. Yeah, there is. is really? There, yeah, for the last 25 years that it's like, oh, all this hype about the Cowboys again, and we know that they're not going to get it done. Here we go. They're Now they're starting to crack. Typical Cowboys, like, this is what they do. You know, I mean, obviously, I remember the 90s Cowboys and what they are, but that's, that's becoming a long time ago, and the reputation of what they are now is not that. And so I think I thought that that's what he meant by it, and I guess other people could take it a different way. The first part of your question, though, when you ask if he's ever said anything like that before, the one that stands out to me was when he said earlier in the year, after I don't remember what win it was, he was like, oh, yeah, everybody's got, like, toothaches from all the positive things that you oh, guys yeah. are writing, except for me, of course. Except like, for me. Yeah. yeah. That was yeah. that was the only other time <laughs> that's it stands right. out. That was the woe is me from him. Rob? I, I, that's a good one. I, I can't remember. Like, Garrett never did this. Because Garrett... <laughs> Garrett always acted funny like to even think about. Twitter like didn't exist, and he he whether it's true or not, he acted like he never paid attention to what any of us said or wrote. So it is kind of different to hear a head coach reference that kind of stuff. And I think was it Clarence with the follow up? Like, yeah, what 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 do you guys think of us? So he didn't. What did he say? He yeah, said, when Clarence asked McCarthy, "What does everyone think of you?" McCarthy's like, "Oh, that's your jobs to say, not mine." Well, he just said we know what everybody thinks. Well, everybody's got different opinions. We talked about it yesterday. I threw this percentage out. See if you agree with it. Uh, Cowboys Nation. We're talking about all Cowboys fans everywhere. I think 60% of them are thinking they're going to be fine. They're going to get their footing. Uh, They're going to beat Washington the Giants and and head to the playoffs. Rah, rah, rah. 40% are taking your point of view. They teased us again. Uh, they're a fraud. They're middling around with nonsense. Sixty-five, but, but that and that works if we're talking about the Cincinnati Bengals, because nobody outside the fan base really cares. But when you're dealing with the Cowboys, the reason why they're always all the other so teams. So you covered fans. your your hundred yeah. percent of your hundred percent is this small pie of just Cowboys fans. But the Cowboys aren't just Cowboys fans; they're all fans, and everybody has an opinion on the Cowboys. Yes. And so their opinion matters too on the outside. And that's what I was going to when I say the perception is that oh, typical Cowboys, we got to hear about them every day. You Stephen know, they're a. Le- leading sports center. I'll be honest with you; I really don't watch a lot of Stephen A. But I did see the one clip where he said that you always kind of feel like something's going to go wrong with the Cowboys, and I was like. He's not completely off with that. If you're talking about the last 25 years, no, he's not. But he's, you know, that's that's part of his 
It's a bit. I mean, with all those shows yeah. have a pro Cowboys person and a anti Cowboys person. What all I, of them. And that shows you the power of the scene. drivers in New Orleans asked me if I'd ever met Stephen A. Smith. I'm like, <laughs> no, and that's not on my bucket list. <laughs> like, not not asking you if you've met like Dak Prescott right, or Troy like, Aikman. Yeah, Jerry, Dak, Troy. Like, you, we're good on those. But what Stephen about Stephen A. A. Here, here's what you should have done. You should have turned your phone on to record, have him repeat the question, and then say. Who? And then send it to Stephen A. I love Stephen A. I you do? Stephen I like him as a person. I, but well, but, but, but that, hey, that we part... all know in media these days, and, and by the way, consultants teach this to anybody who do, does sports talk radio. It, it's good guys and bad guys. Right. That's how you sell what you do. Who's the good guys? Who's the bad guys? And you discuss it that way. That's all Stephen A. does. He's going to be every Cowboys fan's bad guy. Yeah, right. and, and he he's got some acting. The haters. And there's yeah, plenty like, of acting that goes in. I mean, I mean, all acting. Like after the games with him. After, all acting. After the games, there'll be like a video up where he's like laughing hysterically, like after a loss. When you're just like, it's like a middle of the season game. No one's even really that upset about it. Yeah. But like he's trying to antagonize. But that doesn't mean he can't make some good points. Yeah. No, I'm just saying he represents that segment that just it's like the Yankees people that just want the Cowboys right. to struggle. And like Absolutely. And you're Lakers. right. Like, nationally, there is definitely a segment of like, oh yeah, here we go again. You know, that's no, all sure. hype and yeah, and, and so I think that's what McCarthy's probably referencing. Well, when whenever the Cowboys do something good, it gets way overblown in most quarters. It gets it gets less overblown here with all of you. And those that cover the team. But elsewhere, it gets way overblown because it sells. I love it. Cowboys sell. There's no team I'd rather cover, seriously. I I mean, they're sitting at a production meeting today for NFL Live, and, and, you know, Marcus Spears is thinking, did you guys see what McCarthy just said? Yeah, for sure. They love it. So you don't have a problem with him saying this? Like, you think McCarthy? Oh, none. None at all. No. Does that surprise you that he doesn't? No, it doesn't. It doesn't, but I, I do think there's probably some segment in the media where it's like, "Why well, he's putting a lot of pressure no. on his team?" And it's like, it's like it's kind of Dave tweet, Hillman tweeted about this. It's like this circular thing where we we want interesting things to talk about and write about, and right. sometimes when we get it, it's like, "Oh, how how could he say that?" No, I, I so, no, I didn't feel that way. I, I didn't either. Yeah, I think it's great. It's great for numbers. I knew Jason Garrett very well through Babe Lothenberg. Uh, and off away from all this. And the most frustrating thing about him to me was he wasn't himself in front of microphones. Right. He, he put himself above it all. It was the process. It was these people mean nothing. Your questions mean nothing. Uh, emotions mean nothing. He turned into a robot. And I've been in conversations away from here where, why are you doing that? Just be who you are. We saw that in walk-offs. It, yeah, you know, for sure. Yeah, some yeah. say McCarthy is who better, he is. Better this year than last year also. And, yeah, it's the same, like you're saying, it's like if you don't want these fans to have a perception that you're robotic, show them who you are. Yeah. Why would you not want guys to see your – like you can you cannot answer questions, in my opinion – Without lying, you're just having to like constantly be your Well, and, and this is a big moment for him too. Like he might not think it is, but it is because if they lose, and heaven forbid they lose really badly, you don't think people are going to be pointing back to this comment. And then the flip side <laughs> is, is if they go up to Washington and blows the, blow the doors off of Washington, he's going to look <laughs> like a genius for saying that. So I also think that he's pretty good at. I hate this phrase, but I'm going to use it. Reading the room because I listened to your guys going after Kellen on Monday and Dan Quinn on Monday, like I always do. And I think that both of them usually give really good stuff. This week, they were both 
terrible. They were dead. They didn't answer any of your questions. It was all just moving the lips. And I think because they don't want to hear, should you run it more? Oh, yeah, we're we're definitely going to try to run it more. I mean, that's basically what Kellen Moore said. Uh, He didn't give any insight, and Quinn didn't either. And I think McCarthy may have heard some of that because, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna light this up a little bit, and and we're gonna we're gonna make this a little. They seemed a little. Eh. What if they don't have any? Well, I'm just gonna speak on the Kellen Moore thing in the run game because you mentioned that one specifically. What if they don't have any good answers for it? Well, let's see if we have good answers okay. for it because that's in our next segment. Uh, man, the Cowboys have to get back to running the football. I hate that phrase in 2021. I'll try to explain why, and we'll it, we'll discuss next on Media Mesh. Honey, big news. Gary, are you okay? Oh, I'm not Gary anymore. I'm Jackie Flash. What? See, I want the latest smartphone, but the best deals are only for new customers. So to get a new customer deal, I changed my name to Jackie Flash. Okay, but the best smartphone deals at AT AT&T are for everyone, new and existing customers. That's huge. Then guess who's getting a deal? Is it Jackie Flash? Jackie Flash. It's not complicated. At AT&T, our best smartphone deals are for everyone. Restrictions apply. Visit att.com for details. New Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. You deserve it. I do deserve that. You deserve decadent flavor without sugar. And a day at the beach without sand getting everywhere. And a relaxing bath that your children don't interrupt. I deserve all that? It's really just a visual metaphor for Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. Everything you want, nothing you don't. A visual metaphor on the radio. I do deserve that. Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. The zero you deserve is finally here. Before there was a draft, you could size up a cowboy by three simple factors. The crease in his hat, the bend of his brim, and his unbending attitude. A man Stetson didn't just protect him from what life threw at him. It projected a rugged, unstoppable spirit. Stetson hats are still American-made with pride right here in Texas. They're still the unofficial crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find a retailer nearest you at stetson.com slash cowboys. There's nothing as unique as our eyes, which is why Essilor pioneers ways to make lenses as unique as you. Verilux for super sharp vision, Essential Blue for protection, and Crizol for freedom from glare. Three cutting-edge solutions in a single unique lens. So whatever your needs, insist on Essilor. Visit your local Essilor experts and find the perfect lens for you. See more. Do more. Essilor. Back back, back, to Media Mash. Welcome back to Media Mash. we got John Mishota from The Athletic here. We've got Rob Phillips from all Dallas Cowboys media and Jory Epstein from USA Today as well. She Anything? Any, I mean, you're so interested in Amari was just walking by us here. I know. Should we invite him in? And he, and he just made some comment about... I didn't get to you it. You didn't get to it. You were hustling. You were hustling. We were talking about unimportant stuff, me and Mishota, while you were over there trying to hear Amari's opinion live on the radio about vaccinations. Uh, you all in Cowboys Nation will get to it here uh, a little bit later. It'll be somewhere. Uh, I want to get back to, uh, well, get to what I just teased for this segment. Everybody yelling and screaming that the Dallas Cowboys need to get back to running the football. Uh, you guys have heard that, right? Do you guys, any of you? Take that point of view. Oh, my gosh, they've got to get back to running the football. 
well, they got to do something when they run the football. I don't know that it has to be one of these things where you have to do that first and establish that before everything else can work. But when they do choose to run the football, it has to have more success than it's having right now. I mean, they're just there's no excuse for that. I mean, they're whether it's bringing in another offensive lineman, doing different run plays that you haven't done, they have to do something to spark it because you can't have the run game that they've had these last few weeks and think that you're going to go. You might win all these NFC East games, but you're going home early once you get to the playoffs because you, you can't just win just throwing the football. They're just It's not going to happen. Not going to win multiple playoff games. So I don't know that you need to do it first off and, and be a run first team, but you're going to have to have some re- success running the football. Yeah, I think I think both things can be true. Like they're in December right now and typically that's when point totals drop and passing totals drop and they're about to play three division games in probably cold weather where it's going to be it's not an indoor deal where it's a track meet type thing. So they've got to be able to to line up and run it and have some type of balance. That's what they've been so good at. Um but kind of to John's point like the passing game's got to throw defenses out of that. I mean that that's the thing. I mean, we talked. You know, Dak was asked about timing with wide receivers and the and the windows of passing and separation with the receivers and all that stuff. Like they've got to get that going a little bit too. And I think Amari just spoke to it on the fan just now about like this is the first time in a long time that Dak and the top three receivers have all been together to play a full game this week, and they're confident they can get that going. I, that might be the most important thing. To get that role in Did he blame himself because he didn't want to take the shot? Never mind. Jory, your comment about running the football? I mean, there definitely, we saw that week one in the season opener, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers sold out trying to stop the run and Dak threw for 403 yards. And then the weeks that followed, the run game really opened up. So you want to have this balance, but you need to be able to have both. I do think there's a sense that if they can't get the run game going, the pass game is going to struggle. So it's kind of a chicken and egg situation. And I also think it's not so much about, oh, you need to be getting – I mean, I think that like their rushing yards per game is are down from like 160-something. It's 97 the last three games. Yeah, so, I mean, they're down like roughly 70 yards from the first half of their game so far to the second half. I think the bigger thing is not your production, it's your efficiency, because as we talked to Kellen about this week, if you keep not being able to get anything on runs on first and second down and getting in these third and long situations, that's how you end up in 2 of 13 on third down like you did against New Orleans. So pass game should be the number. Number one, but you got to be able to be a little more efficient when you take your chances. In All right, here's what I think, and I, I hate the phrase in 2021. Uh, oh my gosh, they got to get back to running the football. Unless you're Tennessee and you have a healthy Derrick Henry, or if you're New England Monday night in a whatever that was, 50 mile an hour snowy situation, and they only threw it three times. Other than that. Uh, and, and I went and looked at it. I, I broke down the entire season. I think Kellen Moore has done a wonderful job. This season, wonderful you show job. The fans, that that math situation going on there. You've done some work. No, this is just a breakdown of the games, but and I'll get to it. You almost did. Uh, see, here's the thing. We all know this. Uh, week to week in the NFL, it's about matchups. It's about what are you going to do to win. How are you going to? offensively attack the team you're playing and you're guessing what they're going to do to you. So you come up with a game plan. Every week is different for, for somebody to throw out. uh, They got to get back to running the football. It depends on who you're playing and what they're going to do defensively. And if you look at the job that Kellen Moore has done this year in the opener, 
Dak threw for 403 yards against Tampa in a shootout. They couldn't run it because Tampa made sure they couldn't run it. If you're a good football team, you do both when you need to. And the Cowboys have done that all year. You mentioned their next four games after the opener. They ran it against the Chargers like it was nothing. Pollard went for 109. Zeke went for 71. Philly the next week, 95 and 60. Carolina, 143 and 67. The Giants, you could do whatever you wanted against the Giants, run and pass. Uh, Dak had 300 yards and three touchdowns in that game. But in the Philly and Carolina game, Dak threw three touchdowns against Philly, four against Carolina. And they ran the football. You you have to be able now. Okay, New England. What they stop? We talked about it on this show. They're going to stop the run. Dak throws for four hundred and forty-five yards. Never happened to a Belichick defense ever. Three touchdowns. He was superb in a win. Cooper Rush beat Zimmer's plan without Dak. Threw for three hundred yards. Throw in the football because you couldn't run. It's no different right now. The only reason why you're upset by it is because they're losing. Kansas City didn't let them run. Dak wasn't good enough to beat them. Well, that's the problem. Period. They're not clicking in that area. Either. Yes. Last three games, 10 of 41 on third down. But that doesn't that's mean. That's just not going to. That doesn't mean you need to run more, Rob. It means Dak needs to play better. No, I just said they, yeah. need, to, they need to throw teams out of this. Oh, we're just going to load up and stop the run and dare you with man coverage. They've got to back exactly. teams off doing that. And yeah. that's what they're not doing right now. Dak has not been his best. Now, against Vegas. Vegas, they stopped the run. Pollard had 36, Zeke had 25. Dak throws for 375 yards, and it was a heartbreaker in overtime. But Dak played well. Against New Orleans, Kellen Moore deserves credit. They could not run against that typical Saints run defense. And he got a 33-yarder from CD on the edge, and he got a 58-yarder from Pollard on the edge, running the football. He had to get it out to the edge to do it. My point is, you just don't say, they've got to get back to running the football. No, Washington's going to try to stop the run because they're really good at it. Dak needs to play better and make them pay and, and throw it, throw it, throw it. And that's today's NFL, if you can do both. And the Cowboys certainly can. And I think Kellen Moore has done a wonderful job of figuring that out. Uh, and and I, I think that he has a really good handle of this offense. Yeah, and as long as the weather isn't an issue, which it might be for this game, I think that's what you're going to see because Mike McCarthy talks all the time about complimentary football. Well, complimentary football would be doing exactly what you're saying, and that would be to get out there, throw the ball, get a big lead, for, force Taylor Heineke to come back against you while Randy Gregory, Demarcus Lawrence, and Micah Parsons all have their, their ears pinned back. That's exactly what you'd want to happen. But what you want to happen and what actually does happen are two different things. And my thing is is that I, I hate the idea of like, well, oh, they're doing this. Can't run it today. Like, you don't think that teams are trying to stop them running the football in 2016 with Zeke and they went 13-3? and three? You don't think 
that the Buffalo Bills knew that New England was about to run every single time. No, like you're right. Hey. Through the first quarter, uh, I think we got the game plan. Mac Jones isn't throwing while he's wearing this scuba suit. Like it was pretty obvious at that point. But they were still able to run the football. That opening scuba. touchdown run. But yeah, did scuba, you see that scuba Steve? Scuba. <laughs> yeah, he got the idea from Tom Brady. It's like a scuba suit. He was like like an underwater scuba suit. He was wearing <laughs> like had the head thing and everything. To underneath. your point, that opening touchdown run by the Patriots. There were ten guys in the box trying to stop them, and they still they one guy was out of his gap, and sometimes that's all it takes. That's why you I don't I agree with you. You can't just give up on the run necessarily. You know what that is? You know what that is? That is pure coaching. All week he knew what the weather was going to be. He got with his offensive linemen, their run scheme, and they figured out how they were going to run right over. Him. Well, and I think that they want to throw the ball in this game, like like I just said, but. They're going to have to run it in certain situations when Washington knows they're going to run. And when they do that, I think that you could see some more of those Connor McGovern-type packages. Not necessarily Connor McGovern, but I don't know if it'll be with Terrence Steele. It might be with Connor Williams with an extra offensive lineman being like, hey, we're going to bring in six offensive linemen. You guys know we're going to run it. we got to, we got to try and run it on these situations. We're running the football. Six offensive linemen, maybe a fullback in there, too. That come and get it. We're, we have to at least establish that we can get these yards when we need to. You're not just going to be able to throw 70 times in no, the game. but you, yards are yards. That's my favorite quote of all time, Akella Moore. He said it after the Tampa game, didn't he? Yeah. After the opener? Yeah. Yards are yards. He's exactly right. It doesn't matter how you get the yards. You do what you have to against a defense to win. And this Cowboys offense is very well equipped to do whatever they need to do. Now, the offensive line, the continuity, how it's playing, it has a major hand in it. But I'll tell you this, my preference, I'd rather they be much better at pass protection blocking than run blocking. Because Dak running for his life and having no time to throw is worse than not being able to run. So if I had to trade one or the other... I still think this thing is more about Dak than anything else. And when push comes to shove, if they're going to win something, Dak's going to be the one to do it, in my opinion. Yeah, it is kind of wild. I was thinking about Dak's press conference today. Like, undoubtedly, he hasn't been playing as well in the last few games. He'll tell you that. But I feel like there's some going back and forth between, like, oh, it's easy. We've been doing this all our lives, too. It's not that simple. If it was simple, it wouldn't be fun. And, like, oh, we don't the receivers and I we know what page we're on versus well we each missed a game and, and we've gonna we're gonna we've been out and now we need to get back our timing. Like why is your timing gone after like a week and a half when you've been playing together for years? And what about at the beginning of the year when it was right. like, whatever he hadn't the been de- whatever fifteen months. Well no I was gonna say about what about the idea of like, well we're just gonna do whatever we want. If you wanna stop the run, we'll throw. If you're trying to stop stop us passing, we'll run. Like you don't hear that talk anymore. That's, that's where they were. They were unstoppable for about six weeks. There. Well, they're 10 of 41 on third down the last three games. That is completely on the quarterback. Not, I don't care. Mm, it, it just is. He's got to figure out. He makes that's he, what he's so good at. He makes the most money, and he's and yeah, and the wins and losses are attached to him. But you mentioned the offensive line. I don't. They're not controlling the line of scrimmage in the run game or the pass game like they have. And I think you go back and watch the Saints game. Like he's affected on some of these yes. throws. And I think particularly that game. Yeah. yeah. And I, you know, and and there is timing with the receivers, and there is that tight coverage that Denver did provide kind of a an option for teams to try to defend them. And I think it's not it's not just Dak, but he's obviously part of it. There are sure. two statistics. Um, going into this Washington game that I'm interested in. And one of them means the Cowboys are going to win, and one of them means the Redskins are going to win. 
Washington, Washington football team. I'm sorry. I, I did it three times yesterday. I'm old. It's hard. Washington football team. I, I did team. that with my dad on Sunday on the phone. He said it, <laughs> he said like, it too? I'm like, Dad, can I give you a homework assignment for the week? By Sunday, Washington football team. Okay. Well, in Steve's case, I'm just surprised that he said it because you called uh, the Raiders Vegas. Because generally people that say That's easy, the R word all the time, but I'm just saying like <laughs> yeah. most people like Jerry. Vegas is just fun to say. Most people say like Oakland, you know. If they would name their team something that's easier to roll off the tongue. But next year. What next if that, year. They got to name next year. Right? What if that never happens? That It's on the table that this might be it going forward. It may forward. be the Washington really? football yes. team. Really? B- back to my oh. statistics. Washington, the last four go. games in their win streak, 58% on third down. 58%. They were 11 of 19 in beating Tampa Bay. Now, that is Taylor Heineke doing a wonderful job. Uh, that leads you to believe the Cowboys are in big trouble. <clears throat> but the other one is the turnover margin. Cowboys are plus seven. They're minus five. That's a no-brainer. That's how you win football games right there. And that's how they beat the Saints. Even though Taysom Hill was awful. That's how the Cowboys won that game. Turnovers. Um, but that's what makes sitting right here so interesting. Because it's going to go one way or the other with this team. And it couldn't be a better matchup than with Washington, who's won four straight. And they're trying to get within a game. And then it's uh-oh time, isn't it? Yeah. Going back to the offensive line, undoubtedly, like we said, Dak's making $40 million, and it's his job to overcome whatever challenges there are on the opposing side or on his. But even if Denver gave this blueprint, why does the offensive line seem to be struggling so much relative to the beginning of the season when it's not like Tyron Smith and Zach Martin haven't seen defensive lines moving around as much? And I mean, it just seems like there's too much experience there and too much going on and too much success that they were capable of early in the season for defenses to be able to thwart them the way they have. Well, and the Denver game's a perfect example. Uh, Zeke ran at 51 yards, Pollard 11. The reason why they lost that game, because Dak wasn't very good. He was 19 of 39. He couldn't hit a receiver. That's it. Dak just didn't play good that day. And you're not going to win if your elite quarterback is going to play like that. But you're right. They start looking for excuses. Oh, we don't have a rhythm. Amari's been out. Gallup's been – you know, they start doing all that. The offensive line is this or that. Uh, But do you all think it's as simple as the shuffling of the offensive line hurting the continuity and hurting, I guess, the mental confidence? Not having your offensive coaches for multiple games, offensive line coaches is probably a factor in it as well. But uh, the interesting part is that while you can put more blame on certain players than others, there's nobody along that offensive line that hasn't made mistakes. I mean, I would say Zach Martin's probably made the least amount of them, but – there's just there are too many plays this year that when you watch them the game over on the all twenty two it just leaves you scratching your head like wait what are they doing here like this is supposed to be like one of the strengths of the team and and I'd make the argument right now that if anybody came to me and was like if you could just fix one part of the Cowboys to get them rolling again to your point Steve Dak is forty million dollars that's what everybody's looking at but I would pick the offensive line well see to me it's no different than all the good teams this year. It, it's uh, everybody's wondering what's wrong with the Chiefs. They they have the same issues: offensive line, injuries, COVID, a lot of excuses. 
Bottom line, Mahomes plays well, they win. Yeah, but I don't think he's really played that well this year, though. He's sneaking up to it, and they've won. For what, four out of five? Four in a row? That's what? another thing, though. you got to be able to win some. line has been a big deal, and, it's, and, their, and their secondary. Okay, go to another team, Buffalo. Bu- Buffalo's got issues. They can't run the ball. They never try. Uh, they're struggling. If Josh Allen plays well, they're right. probably going to win. All right, you back me in a the corner, then. All right, what's your answer on the Ravens? Because they've been winning over some pretty bad performances by their MVP candidate quarterback. It's, it's Harbaugh power. No, it's it's called like the rest of the team also well, has to step up. That's always been the case there, though. I know, I know. But that's and and Lamar just elevates it when, Absolutely. when he's really in a in a rhythm. Absolutely. Um, but to me, it's the elite teams. Matt Stafford goes into a funk, and the, the Rams just. Pfft, Stafford. One more, one more time. Well, uh, transcribe that, Joy. <laughs> I didn't want to get the mic, fuzzy mic. You did though. Oh, too late. Yeah, you did though. There's no, nothing noise. came out. No, Wait, it was just can a. I get a glass right here. <laughs> yeah. What is this? Why do me and Rob just, just have these I don't know. here? I don't. Feel Rob, safe. did you put this up in your I did contract? Not. I did. <laughs> I did not. Let me tell you, my age, I've had more boosters than. I've had three. I, I never was You've good had at three this. Boosters? Come up with a good analogy to finish the joke. I've had more boosters than. And I always go. Well, what about Jerry in Hard Knocks when he was talking to his grandson? He's like, "I've had more shots than a cocker spaniel." There you, go. <laughs> you see, Jerry always has that. That's no, not a Hard Knocks. It never makes sense. No. <laughs> Hardly. I, I need to pull that drop. It was great. <laughs> Aiden Diggs and Jerry Jones, best part of Hard Knocks for sure. All right, let's get to uh, the final segment here uh, on Media Mash on this Thursday. The Cowboys, although there is a new situation that all three of our fine. Beat writers will address to lead the segment, but the Cowboys are as close to full metal jacket, as they call it, uh, the That's healthiest. Who calls it? Well, they made a movie called that. That's another. But I don't think it was about a football team. No, it's, yeah. it's about the, the gun kind of... chamber being full metal jacket. It means you're fully loaded. Got it. And so you just take that to a broader. Yeah, I don't think you want to apply that movie though to this football team. That movie was awesome. Okay, but it was so awesome. It's so anyway. chilly. Anyway, uh, they're as healthy as they've been since training camp. Let's discuss that and what it means for a couple of areas in particular on the team next on Media Mesh. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys? Jack Black. Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. At AT&T, everyone, new and existing customers, get our best deals on every smartphone. Why? Because you deserve it. We're turning your living room into your office and your gym. We're teaching Grandma how to video call and teaching her again. It's the button on your left, Nana. Okay, your other left. It's not complicated. Everyone deserves something new. So AT&T has given everyone new and existing customers our best deals with every unlimited plan on every smartphone, even the latest ones. AT&T may temporarily slow data speeds if the network is busy. Restrictions and exceptions may apply. Hi, I'm Clint Tillerson with... And I'm Jay Novacek. And we're both with... United United Ag and Turf. Turf. The official tractor provider of the Dallas Cowboys. So, if you need a tractor to bale some hay, a mower to cut some grass, or a gator to get some chores done... Get a John Deere at United Ag and Turf. And then, let's get to work. Hey, Jay, that's my line. (laughs) Well, not today. Get to work with a John Deere tractor package that's just right for you and your budget. Visit unitedagandturf.com. 
Before there was a draft, you could size up a cowboy by three simple factors. The crease in his hat, the bend of his brim, and his unbending attitude. A man Stetson didn't just protect him from what life threw at him. It projected a rugged, unstoppable spirit. Stetson hats are still American-made with pride right here in Texas. They're still the unofficial crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find a retailer nearest you at stetson.com slash cowboys. Back, back, back to back. Media Mash. Cowboy fans excited everywhere. All right, I won't use the phrase again. Cowboys are as healthy as they've been <laughs> since training camp. Uh, and, and until, you know, it started, the day started that way. And, and we were going to discuss that in two particular areas, one of them being the front seven. But something has cropped up with one of the players on the Cowboys front seven. Uh, whoever wants to start, tell us where things are with Micah Parsons and his hip. Yeah, it's his hip. Uh, was limited day in practice, and obviously that's not a good thing. I don't know that it's going to be something that necessarily keeps him out of the game, but he's your most valuable defensive player, and you've been able to move him all around, and he seems to be effective in every single position he plays. So if you could have anyone healthy for this game on defense, you'd want it to be him. So that's never great when you see something like that, but... Um, I guess the one thing I want to point out about this is uh, just because a guy is on the injury report, uh, don't think that that's like, oh, this is the first time he's been injured all year. Like, guys play through a lot of stuff. Micah has played through things uh, throughout this season. So uh, for him to be limited, though, I guess it's a little bit concerning. Yeah, you just, I mean, you just want to see all three guys on the field together and just kind of see what they can do. And yeah, I don't think at this point there's anything that that suggests it's something to really be concerned about for this week. But um, you just want to see it. And and the other thing too is we'll see what that does for his role moving forward. If he goes back to being more of a linebacker, I think that would be important. I think that would help shore up the linebacker spot because they need a little bit of that going forward too, and and trying to stop the run. Because the Saints were able to to have some success there, and look, Antonio Gibson's as good, a tough of a matchup as you can you can see on their schedule this year. Yeah, I, I think going back to the three guys on the field, Randy, Demarcus, and Mike, and Jerry said on the radio this week, he's like, when they're in pursuit on the pass rush, I want to just take a picture, have that freeze frame, and let it be for a moment. So there's definitely been a lot of conversation about that. I think that, again, obviously you want everyone to be healthy. It's football. It's December. It's not usually how things work, especially when you're playing at Micah's rate. I am curious, going back to the idea of who is not 100% but not on the injury report and who is, did he hurt his hip in practice this week? Was that something that's been lingering that escalated and held him out? Like, who is deciding to, to make that designation? It definitely seems as of now like he will play on Sunday. And, again, they've got options to shoot him up. So, We'll see, but also Micah seems like the type of guy who once he's in the game for better or for worse, he's not focused on it. DeMarcus told us something similar this week. He said, if I break, I break. Like, I'm playing. Well, you wonder um, if he's got, obviously, something bothering him. And Randy Gregory will be back in. And D-Law will be back in. Gallimore inside back in, maybe. Um, All that. If this would be a game where less Micah. Is, is in the plan. Maybe he doesn't have to run around so much because uh, he's going to be limited. He, play, but, you know, just doesn't have to be normal Micah 
with all the reinforcements coming. I don't know how that manifests itself on the field, though. Hey, Micah, don't be such an animal this game. Take care of your hip a little bit. We got other guys that can do what you've been doing in two, three different spots. I don't see how that could happen, but maybe you'd have somehow to, you'd have to manage it for him in terms of taking him off the field. Less snaps, yeah. right? And and the, t- the snaps that he would be on the field would be it would be very similar to what we saw from Mari Cooper last week, where it was. Okay, third downs, red zone. You know, the most important, it would be, all right, Micah, get ready. You're going to be in it. We're limiting you, but every third down you're going to be out there because we need you. Because to Rob's point, you know, you can get run on all day if you're going to go get four turnovers. So if you can make a game-changing play here or there, it's going to cover up for a lot. That's like, I mean, there will be people that I feel like after all these games with the All-22 footage, they'll always put out like these, oh, you know, Trayvon wasn't really, look, watch this run. They're running it to Trayvon's side. Like, I don't know. It doesn't look like Trayvon's really trying to make this this tackle on this run play. Yeah, if he just keeps getting those interceptions, that, that really doesn't matter. So <laughs> if, he, if he breaks the team record, wind yeah. it back, put it in slow motion. If he keeps getting those picks, it you know he'll, that covers he'll, up. He'll all just that. go to the Pro Bowl twelve straight right. years and then right, right. to the so Hall of Fame. I think they'll take that all day long. And sort of like Deion Sanders, by the way. And sure. not like naming names, but it seems like there are some guys on on this team where you can watch the film and see that and you're kind of like, is there accountability here? And then you have someone like Trayvon, who he was telling us today, he's like, when I look, I need to limit the explosive plays, not have that long play like I did at the end of the Saints game, still get the interceptions, also get better in run defense. Like, I like that he says aloud where his weaknesses are when asked instead of just, like, getting chippy about it. So uh, the 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 possibility of D-Law, Gregory, Gallimore, Micah, Thinking front seven here. Tristan Hill, even. Uh, Odigizua, Carlos, the TD maker, Watkins, uh, LVE, Keanu, Armstrong. I mean, man, uh, from what we've seen all year, especially with some of these guys who have rotated in because the others weren't there, how excited are you on how Quinn may figure out for this little group to be really awesome? I'm really excited, but I thought Micah brought up a good point this week when he said, and he is my favorite quote <laughs> like by quote. far, yeah. when he talks about, he's like, yeah, I mean, you can take two good-looking people and put them together. Two, and pretty, doesn't, two pretty people. Yeah, doesn't mean they're going to have a pretty Yeah, kid. it doesn't mean that they're going to be compatible. <laughs> and while he was, he was saying that in reference to him, Gregory, and Demarcus Lawrence playing together, it, he was speaking more of along the lines of like they need to get these practice reps and get on the same page when they're running these games and things like that because it's not like going to be one of these things where we're just like you're just going to line up here you're going to line up here I'm going to line up here and we're just going to go like they're going to they're going to move in a variety of ways but if they're all healthy and they're out there I mean Dan Quinn has to be loving this I mean I mean that's that's the thing he didn't expect this to happen he thought he was going to have these guys all season and, and he pointed out earlier in the week 28 snaps that these three guys all season long I mean you would never would have thought that now of course Micah has elevated his game that I don't care what anybody says is has exceeded everybody's expectations so anything involving Micah Parsons going after the quarterback with other people yep. going after the quarterback good me. good good and by the way beautiful people do flock to other beautiful people who we sure can. Sure. Are you speaking from experience? No, I used to always. I think he is. No, in all the promotional yeah, stuff like I used to do I in TV, <laughs> there would be a picture, and I would say, "Man, it's hard being part of the beautiful people." I was being ironic <laughs> because I have never had that in my game. I want to oh, go, go ahead. No, Brandon. I was just laughing. I was just laughing at Steve. <laughs> On what John said about about our conversation with Dan Quinn this week and him saying, "Like, if you had told me how few snaps I would have my top guys together for, I would have been like." Yikes, but he didn't use the word yikes. Yeah, go ahead. Had why don't you tweet out what he said? I've already had enough swears on Twitter for the day. I love, um, that's why I like Dan Quinn, because he likes yes, to swear. Yes, there are some swears. A um, couple uses of the S word here, but he was saying, like, if you told me that then, I like called him swears. <laughs> Stop swearing. 
Go ahead. I, he, he said, you had told me then I would have been concerned, but now he actually loves that they've had to circle, cycle through so many different players on the defensive line and the secondary because so many guys have risen to the occasion, and now you get guys back. To me, I think that's kind of how I would describe the difference between the offense and defense at this point in the season. Maybe not three weeks ago, maybe not three weeks from now, but going into this Washington game, it feels like the defense has found ways to step up when guys are out, to overcome the circumstances. It hasn't been perfect, but when they tell me everything we've gone through to this point is going to prepare prepare us for the playoffs, I believe it. When the offense says that, it's like, okay, but it's time for you to start showing that now and putting things together. And it doesn't feel like they've done that the last couple weeks. So even if they're like, great, that was good. We went through that adversity. Show us why it's great now. To Jory's point that it's gotten totally forgotten because the game was last Thursday and there were four takeaways. But like, if you just rewind back to where the Cowboys were in that game before that J. Ron Curse interception, oh, yeah. like things were not going well. But to like Jory's point, the defense has gone out of their way. They have stepped up when they've needed to make plays, even though, I mean, I go back to that Kansas City game. I felt like the defense was constantly Micah making a play, making a play, you know, getting the ball back. And then the offense, you know, Dak had the interception right at But at, don't forget half. the two big offensive plays. Where are they without the 58 yard run from Pollard? Oh, I mean, the sure. offense is nowhere in the 33 yeah. yard run. Run by CD, yeah, and the Pollard play is just crazy because of the fact of it is just inches away from being a huge loss, like what, setting you yeah. back. What a move! He, yeah, do, do, do. oh man, that was fun to watch. But they they had seven three and outs in the Saints right. game. They they turned into a three and out machine. All of a sudden. you never would have predicted at the beginning of the year they would ever have a game with seven three yeah, and outs, regardless just, of opponent. No, they looked like they were destined to average thirty five a game for right. the whole season. That's and, why this is kind of a weird vibe around this team. And to Jory's point, there's an urgency level. It seems like to get this fixed. And and, and quite honestly, the team that they're about to face is pretty good at taking advantages of teams that are in funks. And with the Cowboys having trouble on third down, having trouble running the football a little bit, two hobbled backs, uh, Zeke maybe less than Tony this week. Who knows? One Uh, reason for hope, though, I would say, is that Jaron Curse has been eating a fruit roll-up every single day. And that means... <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Uh, no, you know what is one positive that can come out? <laughs> he on? told us that. Ever since he's the superstitious. City game, he played well that day, ate a fruit roll-up, and he's eaten one ever since. And but they've gone one and box. two. He doesn't even know what flavor But he's played well, is and what the, he was saying. Yeah, the defense well, has played well overall. Yeah. So hey, yeah, keep it going. Maybe you know the offense one, needs to be. You know what's one positive that can come out of this if Washington plays well? Maybe you maybe you motivate them to give uh, Taylor Heineke a long term deal and make him their franchise huh. quarterback. That could be a good move for you. I asked I asked the crew yesterday, I'm gonna ask you guys too, just because it amuses me. Um, somebody nationally compared Taylor Heineke to Tony Romo. Thought that he really reminded him of Tony Romo. Do you, I don't know. I don't think do you he, guys don't see, see the arm strength. Do you see the arm strength like that? Though? No, I don't. I mean, Tony I, was the, a gunslinger. Right. Taylor's not a gunslinger. I think they it's, mean just by like kind of being like a like the winner type, like like the kind point of crafty. Guard with yeah, 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 yeah. Just and, makes it yeah. makes the plays happen. I could see that, but he doesn't have that that type of arm. And the baby face. He's the got baby the face, baby face. The escapability to yeah. kind of move around the pocket by the Jedi. The team has certainly rallied around him. I mean, there's no question about that. He he, the way he has played has rallied them i just look at it as this isn't the ncaa basketball tournament like these cinderellas don't win it you know like eventually 
you know, the end comes. It just does. And when you can give me all the magical Taylor Heineke stories, and I'm going to go, cool, you have that if I can not have Chase Young and Montez Sweat on the team. That's and, right. And, and, and because people in Washington are talking about, like, you know, it just hasn't been the same this year with Chase and Montez. And then since they, they were out, they've they started clicking. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> yeah. I'm just kind of like, yeah, cool. Give me uh, yeah. Chase and uh, yeah, and Montez over again. I'll I'll go with that. Players win in this league. That's what it comes down to. And the Cowboys will have better players on Sunday. And there's no question about that. But on the note of gunslingers, you know who else we saw was a gunslinger today? Gene Hackman. Jonathan Machota. <laughs> we played a little bit of a media football game, and John has an arm. I didn't really? See, I didn't see that. I about this. Why was are he, we talking about Was he throwing this? bullets? He was throwing, we don't need to be he, talking about he this. He had an arm. He seems to want to talk about this. No, he doesn't. <laughs> what do you have on your sheet of paper there? <laughs> uh, did you catch any? Because you're I the did. famed receiver. You told us your story. Oh, Jory's yeah, got I hands. Did. Yeah. Jory okay. can catch for sure. She played some catch. Chill. Real quick, though, on the Washington thing, we've only got a couple of minutes here, but it, it's amazing to me, the NFL these days. Uh, on Halloween, the Cowboys were 6-1, and one, and they were winning without Dak. Washington was 2-6. and six. And who was thinking about them winning the division for the second year in a row? Worst defense in the league at that point. Just awful. And with opposite. Chase Young, with Montez yes. Sweat. Um, and since they're 4-0, Cowboys are 2-3, and three, and all of a sudden, if the Cowboys don't go in there and win this game Sunday, they're a game behind, playing them again in, a, in another week. And who knows then uh, if the Cowboys are a surefire playoff team because it was always about winning the division. Oh, that's over. They're going to win the division, be the fourth seed at the worst. And it changes so quickly. Um, but there's a lot of things about this game that are pretty scary if you go by what Washington's done the last four games. You know, they're averaging 137 per game running the football. They're giving up 17 points per game. They're doing sneaky 58.5 on third down. Uh, they're doing sneaky things to win with 17 points a game. If the Cowboys can't score. No, that's oh, what they've given up. No, oh, yeah. But, but I'm just saying, like, okay, if you hold the Cowboys to 17, that the Cowboys have no excuse. They should not be held to 17 by any team. Chiefs did, held them to nine. I, right. Have, no, I, mean, I understand that. But I'm saying that there's no, there's no excuse for it. Like, it should not happen with this offense, with having all these guys back. At least with the Chiefs game, you can sit there and say there was an Amari. Uh, CD got the concussion and didn't play in the second half. Like, there's no excuses with all these weapons. These are all your big dollar weapons are out there. Give me the winner. Are you allowed to do that, or do you have something in your USA Today contract where you're not allowed to do that? We have to predict every game and every score. Oh. Jory loves doing that. It's, it's her favorite part of the job. It's my favorite part of the game. Uh, I'm going Cowboys win, and I actually think, going back to what you were just saying, that it's really good for the Cowboys that this is a closer game and a more meaningful game than we thought it would be a few weeks ago. I think the Cowboys need to start off showing this week they can win on the road, they can win when the stakes are higher, and they can get their offense going while their defense comes back. So Cowboys win, and let's get the this formula where it needs to. Cowboys win, but I think it's going to be ugly again. Middling again, yeah. yeah. I mean, I just think they, Washington's making a living off of winning ugly and mucking things up and making it difficult. And this rivalry's weird. We were talking at, during the uh, player interviews about how, like, weird, going back to Romo era, weird stuff happens in those games at Washington. I don't know. I think it's going to be another close, kind of sloppy game, but they find a way to win. Yeah, I was saying earlier in the week, 24-17 Cowboys. Uh, but after McCarthy today, I think uh, Cowboys win 35-17. I like the Cowboys. You, you, just, you just gave them like 17 more points. 17. Yeah. But, okay. you know, I like this when people say, you know, Dak Prescott 7-1 and one against Washington. That doesn't matter. One, he's never faced Taylor Heineke. 
Oh boy, are we going to do this? <laughs> as, Jill, as Jill would say, are we doing this? No, really? I would say I would say really? this. I would say this on that on those games though. Going back and looking at it, the biggest difference is, is that you're also talking uh, those eight games, 220 rushing yards, four rushing touchdowns. Like, is that the same deck that we're seeing now? That would be interesting. He had talked about running more, but are we going to see a, a more running Dak against Washington? I doubt it. Yeah, he he looks like he's saving that for when it really matters he, later he kind of, later in the year. He kind of alluded to that today. Did like, he? There's kind of a time and place to yeah. do it. He and, wants to. He doesn't so, want to do it right now because yeah. he wants to be here for the long haul. I'm with John. I mean, eventually, eventually. They're going to get something going off. I, I, I think they're just too talented. I think the that's cow- my point when they're like, oh, well, there's going to be a time for it, but they haven't showed it yet. You're not that far from the time, and if you don't start getting in a groove now, it's going to be too late. See, I love what you're saying, you're and right. I'm going to be more direct than you, and I hope he's listening to Media Mash right now because it'll be further chipness on his shoulder. Dak's got to play better, period. If they're going to win something ever in the near future, anyway. Oh. It's going to be because Dak is playing the way Dak can play. And the last three games, he hasn't been. So, Dak, play better. Uh, he listens. I want to thank rookie Chris Beam for what he does. Thank you guys for letting me talk Cowboys with you again. Uh, enjoy the game Sunday. We'll do it again next week, okay? Sounds bye. Good. I look forward to it. Bye. Everybody say bye. 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 This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!